Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We can loosen up a little bit if you need to. I like, lo- I like loosening. Just a little calisthenics. <laughs> uh-huh. Discern some spirits, as the kids say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that what they're doing? Is that what they're calling it on TikTok? Welcome to The Crunch. It is your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. That's, how does that feel to say? So, honestly, you know when you, when you meet your heroes? Okay. <laughs> sometimes people are like, it's, it's dangerous to meet your heroes mm-hmm. because they might not live up to the expectations. It's like when I met Luke and Gomer. Yes. From Catching Foxes. Absolutely. Well, I'm in the podcast studio right now, mm-hmm. um, and all my expectations have been fulfilled. Really? Not, oh, yeah, absolutely. Was the pre-show exactly what you thought it was like? For sure. All, all of the downloading Audacity the day of. This is yes. just the, the podcast dream that everybody's always had. Yes, downloading Audacity um, with my Mac 2012 that I got with my <laughs> graduation money from high school. Gosh, um, you're old. I am old. I'm 26, Ethan. When do you turn 27? Um, January. January? <laughs> January. I turn 27. I'm off my parents' insurance, but I can rent a car. You know, when I book an Airbnb, I don't have to pay extra. Through Focus, we get, we get rental cars. What do you mean we get rental cars through Focus? We have a deal with Enterprise. I've rented a car twice, three times since I've been in Focus. Just for your personal use or for other people? For, <laughs> well, how do you define personal use? Well, like. I drove a van to Mardi Gras from Enterprise. What? Yeah. Oh, my! I think when I left staff, that's probably when they did it. And then in in the onboarding, you know, Mm -hmm. after they got over our expansion campuses, they left out the fact that I could rent a car. You can rent a car from Enterprise. It's a good deal. It's a good situation. Um, For those that don't know, this is Patrick Tolles, mentioned on the podcast many times, almost been on several times, but this is the first time. Since we kicked one Patrick out, I figured the best option would be another Patrick in because Lord knows that I couldn't do a podcast all by myself. Oh. I, I'm not the intellectual heavyweight of Patrick Nevy, so no, no doubt, um, no doubt. I am, yeah. I know I have big shoes to fill uh, of a theologian, mm-hmm. um, so I, I hope that all the listeners understand that. Um, yeah, I'm not. Hopefully, I'm going to be anything like uh, the previous hoster mm-hmm. um, in uh, speaking intellectually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, very happy to be here. Uh, so just just a blue collar hoster, you know. <laughs> Long time listener. No, don't do it. <laughs> long time listener. First time hoster. Ethan, I wanted to say that so bad for I know. so long. Thank I you. Know. Okay. I'm so glad that you I'm had this now. opportunity. I'm good. I'm good. Can I? I oh, what were we talking about before the show that I wanted your take on? Okay, so if you guys remember the tough Irma story, if you oh. don't remember the tough Irma story, go back and listen. This is my friend Patrick. That that tough Irma happened. If you could give me kind of your perspective of that whole. That whole weekend, but then also that situation of me winning twenty dollars on mm-hmm. that horse. Oh, absolutely! I think I think that perspective is necessary. 
for the American people right now in this time in history. No, for sure. And I think we have to build it up from the beginning. Um, sure. Because I think it's only fair, really, to tough Irma. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want to, I don't want to shortchange. God, God rest her soul. I don't want to shortchange <laughs> her. You know, she's such a sweetheart. So, yeah. um, the weekend um, was supposed to be a draft celebration party. Yeah. Um, I was with Focus for a year, left staff to go try to play in the XFL. Um, so this was the weekend after the draft. Um, did not get drafted. Boo. But of course, yeah, boo, the league's, you know, in ruins now. Okay. Actually, it was just bought by Dwayne The Rock Dwayne Johnson. The Rock Johnson. Yeah, I saw that. So you He's know, putting $15 million into the XFL, which is a bold bet. It is a bold <laughs> bet. Almost as bold as your bet was on Tough Irma. <laughs> I know, right? So everybody still comes because they love me, and I felt very appreciated. Um, but the weekend didn't have the pizzazz necessarily. didn't have the start with the fire that we wanted. No, it was pretty somber. But... Um, we took a day to the races. So Keeneland race, uh, racetrack in Lexington, Kentucky, um, mm. Ethan Stevie sporting his purple sport coat, <laughs> dressing the part. Um, yeah. honestly looking, um, you know, as we say, Keeneland scared money doesn't make any money, but Let's also, see. you know, if you don't dress well, you're not going to make any money. Right. Yeah. So can I just uh, say, yes, when please. I, when I went to Keeneland for the first time, I'm, I'm from Kansas and we don't have the breadbasket of America. The breadbasket of America. Pay your respects. I don't. We wouldn't. I wouldn't say that we have like events. Mm-hmm. We don't have things that people go to. No NASCAR or anything. There is the Kansas Speedway, but that was not my family's bag. Believe it or not. <laughs> and so, what was your family's bag? Ethan? My family's my family's bag was watching Kansas State sports from the oh, living room. The wizard. The the wizard Bill Snyder. Bill Snyder. We went to Royals games probably once once a once a season, mm-hmm. but that was it. You know, like I at least maybe other people had. We weren't really Lake people. You know, like there's there's nothing really that we we went to, yeah. and it was like a thing that you prepared for. Keeneland, what I learned after going was like a thing to prepare for. You know, when you're going and you're gonna bet on horses all day, you got to be ready, and the rest of your life has to be structured around this event, or else you're not gonna do so well. I learned that after losing a lot of money. Now I feel like if I went back, I could make a lot of it, but that's probably that's, not true. Well, that that's good for them. <laughs> it is good. The, the the gambler that thinks he's due is the one that keeps the lights on. Yes, so, sir. Um, so, yeah, long day at the races, really no winning, you know, um, Nobody at really all. Nobody really won anything. No, Father Matt that was there. didn't Father win Matt anything. Didn't win anything. Yep. Jack Krasafi, um, <laughs> huge, friend, huge friend of the pod. Huge friend um, of the pod, Jack Krasafi. We got to get Jack on here. I know. Uh, he just started his own podcast. Did he really? Yeah. About a lot golfing. of focus. A lot of focus guys have been sending me messages saying, "Hey, I want to start a podcast. What are your tips?" Oh, and gosh. I've been not responding to them, Good, and I feel yeah. really bad. Because it's either like, you have it or you don't. Ethan, that's, you know? Here's the thing. You know how I started a podcast? I looked it up on the freaking internet, and then I just did it. I tweeted yeah. out, "Does anybody want to host a podcast with me?" And Patrick Nevy came in clutch. Jokes on everybody else. I know. Anyway. So back to Miss Irma. Yeah. Um, so we go back. Uh, odds are not good on Tough Irma, which is good for the pocketbook mm-hmm. if they win. Ethan places a, a wager mm-hmm. um, on the nose, as we would say in Lexington, um, for Tough Irma to win. And not only did Tough Irma win, oh, Tough Irma dominated. I mean, lived up to her name. It's just relentless, tough. And it was... It was more joy to watch you watch Tough Irma win than it was to watch <laughs> Tough Irma win. 
There should be in every in every <clears throat> elementary school classroom, right next mm-hmm. to the picture of Rosie the Riveter, there should be a picture of Tough, Tough Irma, Irma. The two women that have built this country. Is she gonna have the band the bandana wrapped around <laughs> yes. her arm? Absolutely. In the in the Canadian tuxedo with the jean jacket and the jean pants. You lost me. What? Does Canadian Rosie... tuxedo? I don't know what that means. Ro- uh, Canadian tuxedo is a jean jacket and jean and jeans. Oh, really? Yes. Incredible. <laughs> they don't they don't teach that in the breadbasket of America. We don't know we don't know much. So, Tolls, it's it's great to have you on the pod, and it's good that you can give this background information to the people that might not know otherwise um, the intimate details of my life. Absolutely. Back in October of 2019, Amen. but. Uh, you're a focus missionary. You're at the the Ohio State University. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, how do, how do you know? I guess how did you find out about the freaking pod? Because it's because you say longtime listener, first time hoster, which is mm-hmm. true. And yes. we've been friends for a long time. Absolutely. But I don't I don't really think I know why you ever started listening to me. And I say me as in me and Patrick, but he's not here, so I can just say I can just say me. <laughs> because it because it's your podcast. That's true. It's my podcast now, baby. I'm gonna lock Patrick out of the <laughs> of all the passwords. I'm gonna change them all while he's gone. So I think um, first year of training, so it would have been the summer of 2018 in Ave. Yeah. Um, the whispers in the canals of Ave Maria. This this is not true. <laughs> this is this is definitely true. This is absolutely true. Somebody mentioned something about a missionary having a quote, pretty cool podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like new to the podcast game. I hadn't met my friend, Mr. Rogan yet. Uh-huh. Um, or the folks over at Catholic stuff you should know. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, there just really wasn't, um, a whole lot of initial intrigue. Uh-huh. Um, but then I think as we started to talk more, um, I missed you and I was <laughs> like, Hey, how can I feel like, I'm hanging out with Ethan. Well, yeah. I'll just listen to it. And then I, I initially started just so I could hear you. Um, and I, I do think you have sometimes have good things to say. Thank you. Um, and then eventually turned in. Yeah, I just really enjoy it. I um, was a huge fan of the rebrand. We um, love the rebrand, baby. La- last summer. Yes. I, I remember the title of the podcast was We're Ending, We're ending the, the Show. show. And, I, and there was an audible gasp in my car. <laughs> I was like, no, what what happened? <laughs> and then I listened to it and I was like, oh, praise God. We're back, <laughs> folks, better than ever. Um, and yeah, I have some some favorite moments from the show. Um, just And honestly, this is so funny. I think it was two weeks ago, but Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner, mm-hmm. um, I was in my I was in the car with my team and I was like, Y'all have to listen to this. Was it the bad one? It was the bad one. Eliezer. That guy's yes. gonna go down in history. I know. I feel so bad, but also he kinda <clears throat> needed it. Hey, and it was great content. Yeah. At least food for thought, you know? Oh, absolutely. But the team loved it. Now the team listens. Amy oh, Tolls is, is still a faithful listener. We love Amy. Um so yeah, and just really enjoyed yeah, obviously getting to know you, um, being around you more, training for two weeks in, uh, or for mm-hmm. one week in Stillwater, Oklahoma. It would have been two weeks. It would have been two. Um, <laughs> Shame. Should have been two looking back. Um, but yeah, incredible time there. So really excited to, when you FaceTimed me on, was it Monday? Two, I was like, yeah, two, was no, it was Monday. Monday. Yeah. I was like, oh, so exciting. And then you asked me, I was like, oh, this is, this is a dream come true. 
it's good to it's good to have you on the show and i just want for people to like who think that male female friendships are the only ones that can be really awkward so when me and tolls were first like friends <laughs> it was just this really weird like i wanted to be his friend and he wanted to be my friend but neither of us really knew how much the other one wanted to be the other one's friends. friend mm-hmm. and so for a longest the longest time like he was listening to my show and you would like text me every so often i'd be like i can't believe he's listening this guy who I think is amazing is like listening to my show. And then I would like maybe like try to play it off. Be like, of course he listens to my show. Like I'm super cool. Who doesn't listen to my show? Yeah. Right. And then I was like, well, I, I wish I want to talk to him more, but like, would that be too forward? You know, like mm-hmm. it was literally this dance in my head of, I want to be friends with this guy. And then just out of the blue, you invited me to your, not out of the blue, but like kind of like we were just randomly talking one day and you were like, mm-hmm. you should come to this XFL draft party. And I was like, you know, it's it's a rare occasion that somebody invites you to their draft party to play professional <laughs> football. So I'm going to drive 11 hours to Kentucky, and that's where it all kicked off. And it was really, such a, it was such a joy. It was I, amazing. I remember we were. It was a cold. I think it was. I mean, it was kind of cold. Um, and I was coaching a high school football game. Brisk. And we yeah. were getting it handed. to You guys us. were getting destroyed. And I, yeah, as as a I guess passing game coordinator, if you can call it that in high school football. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> At a school with 22 people on the team, mm-hmm. um, you know, wasn't it in the in the best of mood? But to see Ethan Stevie in the back of the end zone, that that made my day better for at least five or six minutes um, <laughs> before they scored again. But yeah, great great weekend. Yeah, and obviously really enjoyed the time that we have spent together and time we'll continue to spend together. That's so nice. This is such a wholesome podcast so far. Man, this we're having we like to have fun around here. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, do you have anything – did you come prepared? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of guests on the show, they come on the podcast and they don't have a hot take time machine. And did you come prepared? And this, this, is, the, this is the true test of whether or not you can replace Patrick uh, <clears throat> Nevy III. I absolutely came prepared. That's this. what I'm talking about, baby. Yes. Let me hear it. Wait, actually, you got to introduce the segment first. I have to? Yeah. Oh, Oh, okay, but y'all are gonna play the you're gonna play the music though, right? Yeah. So I just have to introduce introduce it to that. I just gotta say, Ethan, you remember um, that time um, two years ago? Yeah. Um, when I met you at training, we were in the pub. Yeah. Um, and we didn't get a hot chocolate. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. That was a long time ago. Um, yeah. Let's just get into the hot take time machine. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to get hot to hot take. Oh, okay. Hot yeah, we didn't day. take the hot chocolate. T- okay. Hot no, take you, time machine. You didn't yes. emphasize the words enough. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. That's all right. Fair. Show me what you got. The okay. moment of truth. Hot take time, time machine. Um, this is from May 2nd. Of 2010. Okay. This Ten is, years ago. You had, you had social media in 2010. Well, I got Facebook. I actually was one of the ones that like held out towards the end. I was like, I don't need Facebook because, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm a leader, not a follower. And sure. then I proceeded to follow all my friends and get Facebook. Nice. Um, but this is my um, second time on Hot Take Time Machine, getting featured on Hot Take Time Machine. I feel very blessed yeah. um, for that. Not many people get that honor. No, um, so hopefully this one doesn't kick me off for good. Um, I know this is family friendly, but 
we, we discussed this before. Yep. Um, but on May 2nd, 2010, I said on Facebook, if you got a video from me, don't open it or a virus will follow. <laughs> it's not even really a take so, as much as you, it is. It's a warning. But you knew yeah. that I probably clicked on a Facebook video that I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, that I probably sent it to the six friends that I had on here in 2010. And the thing is, is like uh, what I see, what I, what I've seen in the past hour shows me that you've learned nothing from that experience. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> oh, that's right. Because okay. I tell Patrick, I say, "Hey, okay. download Audacity. That's what we use to record this podcast." Okay. And then he, he t- we get on the Google Hangouts tonight. He goes, "Yeah, I put my credit card information in." <laughs> okay, was that what All I was right, supposed listen, to do? Listen, no, listen, it's a listen. free service. Listen, 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 listen. You got, listen, you got listen. a fraud notification. Listen to me, listen to me. Nothing has changed from 2020. Okay, you have to understand. <laughs> what, what, tell me. You ha- okay, listen, okay. <laughs> Linda, listen. Okay, uh-huh. listen to me. My tech knowledge, mm-hmm. right? Again, I have a Mac from 2012, Ethan. Yeah. Okay, so um, the last thing I downloaded on my computer was like Aqua Park Tycoon in 2014, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, now I have TNT on here. Great. Okay. Yeah, we love TNT. So, but it said I won't be charged. Okay. So I was like, oh, they're just going to hold- take your numbers, but we're not going to do anything. We promise we're going to do nothing with And it was numbers. one of those things where you click in the cursor and then it just loads for you. <laughs> and I was like, well, surely it wouldn't happen if it wasn't reliable. Oh, no. And then at, um, let's see here, at. What time? 844 mm-hmm. um, from Central Bank. Mm-hmm. Fraud alert. <laughs> um, reply valid or fraud. I replied fraud. <laughs> well done. And now, now further activity on your account is restricted. Great. Great. No yeah. more purchases. No. No. Um, so, yeah, I <laughs> have stayed consistently poor when it comes to, uh, yeah. to technology. What but you, you are consistent. You got anything good? Yeah, I, I've got something. Okay. I love it when we when we go to a new month because it means I can look at a new month. Usually, I kind of stay mm. within the month that we're that we're in when I'm doing these hot takes. Oh yeah. So I got one from August 29th, twenty sixteen. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Okay. <clears throat> I told my friend that it's a pipe dream of mine to be a Catholic speaker one day, and he said, "Oh, so like a religious wolf of Wall Street." Zero oh. retweets. Thirty five likes. <laughs> Gosh, I just I, all of that tweet is bad. Every part of it is not good. I I always love the because then it was if you liked it you it wouldn't be you know back on somebody's timeline. So like if you wanted to you know guiltily show affirmation for something you would like it because if you retweeted it then it would you know all your yeah, followers would see it. Right. So I just love that there were zero no. people on there that wanted their their followers to know that they liked the tweets. Yes, because goodness, goodness if they did. Can we can we just talk about first of all that it used to be my pipe dream mm. I, and I called it a pipe dream. Yeah. To be so a speaker how, at a Catholic how old conference. were you then? This was 2016, so 4 years ago, I would have been 20. 20? Okay. Yeah. So this is uh this is at the peak of my This is right right in the heat of uh, Manhattan, Kansas. The peak of my arrogance is what oh. I like to say. Mm. Yes, this is that. yeah, right in the middle of good old MHK. Mm-hmm. And I was I had a modest Twitter following. I probably had about 4,000 followers at the time, and I just well, thought I, that's pretty modest. It's, it was modest, and I thought I had it made. You know, I was like Oh yeah. People were people were tweeting, people were replying. I hadn't started the podcast at this point. Still another month before I started the podcast. Okay. 
but I, but because I had led a couple of like youth groups, small groups, Ooh. I, I knew I was kind of a big, big shot. Well, that's pretty much cause for canonization. I, these days. <laughs> it's they'll canonize anybody. <laughs> hey, do you know the, uh, In this administration, do you know the only alive uh, or the only, um, saint who was canonized while they were alive? Oh, that's a great trivia question. Is it Jesus? <laughs> I'm sorry. You're going to hate this so much. Oh, please. I'm I'm so Saint, I'm already upset. Who is it? Saint Ignatius of Loyola. He was canonized. Get it with a canon? Yeah, you're really funny. Oh, you love it. I really do. Everybody's laughing. Can you hear everybody laughing? Everybody listening who's laughing? Everybody who's not listening, come come over here to my side. We're going to fight Patrick. Oh, my dog is on the couch and she's she's laughing. So. All right. Riddle me that. I, I also love bringing in the Wolf of Wall Street as if oh. that's a person that we should look up to. Mm-hmm. When Talk I was, about virtue. When, I, when yeah. I watched the Wolf of Wall Street on New Year's Eve 2013, I thought, man, that's who I want to be? I don't know if I thought that. It was, it, it was weird that we all had that obsession with Jordan Belfort for a while, and then that song came out. Yeah, and the song kind of hit a little bit. The song was kind of would stick in your head, you know. As the as the kids say now, it slapped. Jordan, Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the words. I, remember, I don't remember. Do you the know words. about Do you know about Fake Patty's Day in Manhattan, Kansas? No, but I'm. Tell me more. Okay, we we'll have to go this year if it happens. But please, every year at, in Manhattan, Kansas, the the Saturday before spring break. There's mm-hmm. Fake Patty's Day, okay. and it's one of the largest um, St. Patrick's Day. It's Fake Patty's Day. St. Patrick's Day uh, yeah. celebrations in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. The size of the the town doubles that day. Like twenty five thousand people come in, you know, okay. and Aggieville's open. The bars are all open. There's literally house parties. Every single house, everybody's having a house party. You can walk anywhere in the town, literally walk into somebody's house, get a drink, hang out, meet people. It's incredible. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it'd be a great sociological study for anybody who's looking for a thesis, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I remember my junior year, I was living with some guys from my fraternity, and they, the thing is, is you get up super early and you shotgun a beer. Like at 6 a.m., you're drinking all day. Mm-hmm. And... I remember waking up or being woken up at 6 a.m. to the song Jordan Belfort. Oh, gosh. And I remember hearing it about five times in between 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. when I actually, like, you know, got up and, and left the house because I was just yeah. so tired. And so forever in my mind, that song just has this negative image in my brain because I got woken up. And then when I went downstairs to leave and go hang out with Tracy Tebow, uh, my ex-girlfriend was down there from high school, and I was like, "What? Are you, you don't even go here. What are you doing here?" Oh, why? So she was your ex-girlfriend yes. there. Oh, wow. There in my okay. house. Can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. That's what know? I've been saying, but yeah, tough. We had tough time. We had a um, so marathon Monday, um, Patriots Day. Okay, uh, the in troops? Massachusetts. <clears throat> um, yeah, have you seen the movie Patriots Day about the Boston Marathon bombing? Oh yeah, with Mark Wahlberg. With Marky Mark. Marky yeah. Mark and the Funky with Bunch. With Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, yes. <laughs> um, so that so mile 21 or mile 22 runs straight through BC's campus. So when I was in graduate school there, um, we woke up at 5 a.m. and went down uh, to lower campus and started tailgating at the Mods, which which is like 
the so like the apartment complex for the seniors that lived on campus. Mm -hmm. Um, so at BC you live on campus three out of four years, Mm -hmm. which was new for me being from Kentucky, but it was cool. Um, and yeah, the speed that those guys are running at mile 22 is wild. Really? I mean, and like, and some of them were barefoot. Yeah. That's crazy. That's insane. Like, what are we doing? It was cold and rainy. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, um, the fine Pilsners, um, mm-hmm. Miller Lite really got me, got me through the day. It's crazy that people tailgate the Boston Marathon, but it also makes a ton of sense. Yeah. It's funny because if you like, you have to decide early if you're going to cross the road or not, mm-hmm. because after a certain time, it's like 12 hours before you can get back. That's but crazy. statewide holiday, nobody goes to work. That's it's so sweet. cool. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Anything that anybody does, it's like a big gathering. People will tailgate anything. They'll tailgate oh, rocket absolutely. launches. They'll tailgate races. They'll tailgate... Who tailgated a rocket launch? There's a video on All Gas No Breaks where he goes to the rocket launch down in Florida and he meets okay. these guys that are like, We're just going to get our cooler. And it's like, What? <laughs> what are you doing? To watch it? Yeah, to watch the rocket launch. I think I watched it at your house, actually. Did you? Yeah, with uh with Xander. Did you? And um uh gosh, who else was with us? Because we, we had just gotten back from the Sino. Oh, Michael. Oh Michael, that's right. Yes. <laughs> LOL. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. We don't need to talk about that trip to the casino. No, 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 no. No, it's no, not important. No. Uh, we've reached a time in the show where I would love to hear your thoughts on maybe some deeper matters. I love it. Here we go. Can you? I need you to hit me with a crunch on that intro. Honestly, this this is the moment that I've been waiting for, Ethan, because, you know, it's funny. It's the armchair quarterback, mm-hmm. right? When you're listening and you hear Pat, you're like, oh, there's just – There's so many other ways. So many, yeah, but then but when you get put on the spot, you're like, oh, what, what um, am I gonna say? Uh-huh. But don't worry, you're ready. Today, <laughs> I walked on the porch and killed a gnat. Now it's time to crunch on that. That's so good. That's well done. I'm impressed. Thank you. Thank you. Gosh, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna go in. I'm gonna put more work into my editing because that was so impressive, and I'm actually oh. put in real applause sounds. Oh, thank Instead you Instead of all so the much. times before in the podcast where I've said I'm going to edit something in and I don't. Yeah, uh, I've always, uh, that's always uh, caught me off guard. Don't worry. We'll take that out. We'll take that oh, out. We leave but it it's in. still here. Yeah. yeah. I love I love just the inherent comedy of <clears throat> me being the laziest editor. Like there's this underlying joke throughout the whole podcast that I'm the worst editor. Um, I don't know. As a listener, you can't tell. Yeah, you I think no Pat. Idea. I think Pat would be the only one that would be able to be like, hey, you need to edit this better. Yeah. Whereas I'm just getting it, you know, the final draft. I'm like, Oh, this sounds great. Yeah. It's uh, I run it through a, uh, you know, the old, uh, uh, equalizer, you know, to really, yeah. really boost the, the highs to make it really crisp. Yeah. Except for that one time where you sounded like you were, I dead. sound like garbage. Oh no, you don't sound like garbage normally. Just the yeah. one time before seek where you like, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if he's going to make it to the next podcast. Yeah. It was tough. But I was so, I was so sick. I forgot about that. I but I must have, I think I looking back, maybe it was the coronavirus. Oh my gosh. Do you think it was? Just, it was in it was in December, which maybe a little premature for the coronavirus. You, maybe but maybe okay, hot take here. Okay. You were patient zero. <laughs> you think it was me? In Tulsa, Oklahoma. It, it's very possible cuz we didn't we didn't start tracking it until March, right? Basically, oh, absolutely. and then it kind of blew up, and so we had no idea when people were getting the flu if that was mm-hmm. coronavirus or not. 
you know, because I'm sure there were lots of people coming back and forth from Asia and to the America, to, to the America, to the United States, <laughs> to the Americas. And it's very possible <laughs> that I, I ran afoul of somebody who, uh, I think, yeah, gave I me think we should just, I think we should just run with that. Yeah. Yeah. You heard it here first. Folks. Heard it here first. Patient zero Tulsa. Please don't Oklahoma. tell the, the CDC cause they're going to come to my no. house, but crunch on that. You sang a great intro. Thank you so much. Tell me what's on your mind. I mean, you can't. Absolutely. I, I called you. I figured you'd had something to talk about. Oh, I do. Okay. Um, and yeah, this is something I think that I've definitely become more more passionate about um, as I've, I've spent more time on campus. Um, and I know we've had, I think we had a conversation with this actually at Mardi Gras. Probably, which, yeah. I mean, not a better place to have a conversation than yeah, while you're yelling, beads. Beads, um, give me the beads. Who knew that they could be so fulfilling, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, just understanding um, <clears throat> the truth of the gospel. And I know that's very broad, mm, right? Mm-hmm. So as, as my professor from Boston College told me, okay, we're in a rainstorm. We have to take it to a drop, right? So we're going to get to the drop. Don't worry. Okay, okay. I'm ready. Um, we're going to go right now, actually. Okay. So... <laughs> The Catholic faith, what I love about the church, um, a lot of things I love about the church, probably I, I think mo- the most I think incredible thing is obviously the depth of the church um, that we can dig and dig and dig and, and, and never truly get to the bottom, right, until we get to heaven, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a beautiful reality um, about the Catholic faith. So I, I think that's wonderful. And I think apologetics are also very, very important, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the five proofs of God's existence, very, very important. Um, what we teach about Mary is very important. The Eucharist, obviously, source of some of the Christian life. That's how I had my reversion back to the church. Um, but people don't know, Ethan, that Jesus loves them. And yeah. I want to stand on top of Ohio Stadium, right, the, the shoe, with all 110,000 people with a megaphone and just tell them that Jesus loves them mm. because – yeah, you know, and people think that they're disqualified, right? And we have all these wonderful things to say, which are all very important. Bible studies are so important, mm-hmm. right? Like homilies are so important. Mm-hmm. But if people don't know that Jesus loves them, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. So my question is, Ethan. Lay right? it on me. So how, how do we, right? Um, one, okay, yes, we both work for Focus, right? We're both on-campus missionaries, Shout out right? Focus. Focus.org also slash both, apply. Yes, focus.org um, slash give slash uh, Patrick dash No, you can't give your link. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, My sorry. podcast. Patreon.com slash the crunch. Thank you. Um, so, Ethan, how do we as, as brothers, mm-hmm. right, um, being in families as sons, right, um, yeah, on teams, um, and really to people that haven't heard the gospel, right? Because, you know, Ohio State, I know Tulsa is kind of a smaller school, but Ohio State, there's 75,000 students, mm. right? So how do we effectively communicate, right, in a non-weird way mm-hmm. um, to somebody that Jesus loves them um, in a way that they cannot imagine? I mean, that's... The, where, do, where do we start? That's a question, isn't it? How do we start? How Ethan? do we start? Because I, I literally, when I was at Troy, so I was at Troy first semester this spring, and we were barehanding, and I hate barehanding. Yeah. I hate it. So barehanding is um, 
just going on campus and just meeting people. Just slapping just, them with your bare hand. You just honestly. Hit them. So now it's, we call it fist bumping. Yeah. Um, hmm. or, That's funny. Or uh, waving. I don't know what we're going to be able to do. Um, but, yeah, how do we um, – okay, so, so I'm at Troy, right? At Troy um, and just like walking, right, and just, and just encountering people um, and just telling them that Jesus loves them. Yeah. Hey, I'm Patrick. Jesus loves you. And they're like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Mm-hmm. And, and it does take people aback because, you know, you don't and, – and, and that might be an unorthodox way to do it, sure. right? But to see the joy, right, that these people have, oh, my gosh, I'm loved, right? I'm eternally loved. Um, and specifically, Ethan, with athletes, right? I know you had a Bible study with the soccer team. Oh, yeah, right? still do. Rocking still do. Yeah. Right? Um, go Golden Hurricane. Yes, sir. Mm. Hurricane, as they say. Do they say that? <laughs> they do say Hurricane, okay. don't they? They should. If they don't, they should. I'll, I'll bring it up with management. See okay, what I great. Can do. Um, all right, so I work, right, with athletes on campus. Okay. And as a former athlete, right, our identity is tied up in our sport, right? It's the age old, everybody, you know, I would say a majority of people know that, yeah. right? Actually, side note, um, who was it? HBO just had a, uh, a special. Um, it's called The Weight of Gold, and it's about the Olympic athletes. Oh, you nice. need to watch it. It's only an hour. Cool. But it, it's about all of these people that train so hard for this thing, right? It reminds me of the Tom Brady, like there has to be something more. And then after, and just the immense depression mm. um, and just sheer, yeah, sheer mental kind of stress and struggle that these athletes undergo wow. because there's, they don't have anything, yeah. right? They've worked so hard for this and especially people that don't achieve, right? But anyway, so, you, you know, you go out on this field or this court, right? In your whole life, you've been successful because if you're playing in college, you were successful in high school, right? So you, you get here and you have a bad game, right? And, you know, the, the reports start, mm-hmm. right? Pull them, whatever. Um, and you begin to think because that's the way your, 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 your mind has trained itself to think, oh, okay, my, the love that I receive and how I'm valued is based upon what I do, right? So if I do poorly, I'm not loved. Yeah. Um, and that's the problem, <laughs> Right. And praise God. Right. There was somebody when I was in Kentucky that told me that that was not the case. Um, unfortunately, I, I went to 22 years of catechesis and never learned that. Right. Although I don't know if that's really catechesis as far as it, much as it is encountering the person of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I it's something, Ethan, that I want specifically male athletes. Right. Whose identity is definitely tied up in their sport to know that it does not matter that's why i low-key don't want there to be a football season this year yes. hot take we're, we're so with it. so just so these guys know that oh my gosh no hey jesus loves you it mm-hmm. doesn't matter you know yeah the problem is is that there's no for a lot of people there's no quick way to get to that um to, to what specifically to everything that I've placed my identity in up to this point is a sham and I'm a, I'm a son of God, you know, like there's no shortcut to that. Obviously miracles happen, right? And there's, there are miraculous ways where Jesus works and it's like amazing. But for the majority of people, that uh, transformation takes months and months and months and years and years and years to 
just start to because I think a lot about the the pearl of great price, right? And the and how the mm-hmm. how the guy you know finds it and he's digging, he's digging, he's digging, he finds it, you know, and he buries it, he buries it, buries it, and it's like there the pearl of great price is there, you know. We've been made in the image and likeness of God, but a lot of times, right? You as a missionary, you go to this person, you find them, right? You see the pearl of great price. You got to dig and you got to dig and you got to dig, you got to dig to get to it. And like, they have to like help you out or else it's going to be painful. Mm -hmm. And especially now during Corona time, you don't have, we don't have seek to like carry us. For sure. We don't have conferences and big retreats to um, emotionally short circuit people to get them to the point where we can tell them that Jesus loves them. And then have them believe it. But do, but do we have, but see, that's. Cause I feel like which, that's what we've I'm done in the you. past. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. What, go, what were you going to say? Well, I think, yeah, I, I recognize it. Yeah. I mean, I had a very emotional conversion, right. Um, in adoration, right. All the bells and whistles at seek, right. All the, all the smoke yes. as, uh, mm. as my chapel would say, right. All the lights. Yes. Played it up. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I also think that, yeah, we can't, and um, you know, emotionally, would you like shortcut? I'm, I'm with you, mm-hmm. right? But I also think, yeah, we, we can't, we cannot. I mean, we can't, we cannot. I think forget the gravity of an encounter with the person of Jesus. Oh, absolutely. And and yeah, with Corona, that has made that just. I don't want to say more difficult, but just a, a lot different. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, yeah. It's how do we facilitate an encounter with the person of Jesus now? Um, uh-oh. Folks, we have, I know. We, have, we have opened up the, Bi- the good book. The Bible's coming. It just reminds me of something I literally was praying with this morning. Is it John 15? No, it's Romans chapter 1. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know, right? Um, Sick. So, I feel like I should take my hat off. Yeah, right up, probably. Okay. This is, this is the interesting thing, right? So where is it here? So Paul's talking about how... Verse, verse uh, 20 and 21, he's talking about people in Rome. So they are without excuse, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their senseless minds were darkened. Um, and then he says, Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their heart to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Amen. And I've just been, I was thinking about that. I've been thinking about that all day. About how you know God, right? There's, there's mm-hmm. something, there's a conscience. Like God has, has imprinted himself on you by creating you mm-hmm. in his image and likeness. Absolutely. There's a way to know God through your reason. But because... Our minds have been darkened. Yes, through original sin, but also through the the satanic the culture that we live in. And we yep. just need to start calling it that because I'm with you. We don't live in a in a Christian culture anymore. We live in a satanic mm-hmm. culture. Our minds have been darkened. And so you come up to somebody and you say, Jesus loves you. God loves you. What they've known about God has has been kind of washed away. And they, they or, only, or twisted. What's that? Right? Or like twisted. Yes, twisted. Okay, yeah. And there is 
not a capacity to receive that truth because they worship the creature rather than the creator. They've been taught their whole lives, especially athletes, right, who are mm-hmm. the who was the Adonis in their high school and who might be the Adonis in their in their college. Mm-hmm. They've been told you're doing so great because you're so strong and you're so naturally gifted and yeah, uh, yeah, they work really hard, but it's like because you've worked so hard, you know, you're 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 making the team better. You're so great. And he gets to this point in college where maybe they're not as great as they were in high school. They're not as great as they were in AAU ball, you know. And <laughs> uh, and then somebody like you comes up and tells him like, "Hey, Jesus loves you." And yeah, that might be that. That's true. And there, there, we should definitely say that to people. But I think that because of like the serious darkening of the intellect and the serious darkening of the soul that happens when everything turns inward. They, they don't have a capacity to receive that anymore. And that's why it takes so long to revert that. And so when you're, when you're asking me the question like, hey, how do we tell people that Jesus loves him? The only answer that I can think of is be their friend. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm absolutely. Yes. Yes. And I think we both agree that, yeah, authentic friendship, right? Oh. I mean, oh, there it is. Do I get a – somebody check that off their bingo card. I know. Right? Yeah. Two focus right. missionaries on a podcast. What's it's only what's, so what's long? What's going to happen? Yeah. But who's the who's the I, I forget it was a cardinal or something that said, when we proclaim the name of Jesus, something always happens. Yes. Right. And and yeah, now there are a lot of ways to proclaim the name of Jesus, but just saying the name Jesus, mm-hmm. right? There's strength and gravity to that, mm-hmm. right? Like when yeah, you're experiencing spiritual attack mm-hmm. or like having thoughts or whatever that you don't want to have, yeah. right? Just saying the name of Jesus, it concretely does something, yes. right? Now, as right as you so I think um, grace, graciously right just described, yes, that's not you know always right. I would say more often than not, it's not the most prudent way right for to facilitate an encounter with the person of Jesus with somebody else. Yeah. But okay, here's my here's my caveat. Here, here. give me the raindrop. I'm ready. Okay, but when we are finite people, right? Very finite. At least I know that I am, right? John 15, right? Unfortunately, that does not say, apart from me, you can do some things, right? <laughs> I, I wish that it does a lot. Yeah. But it says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Oh, no. Right? So if, if I can understand that that's the case, right? And I maybe don't have time, right? Or, you know, I, I would argue you always have the time. But maybe it, it's not the Lord's will for me to, you know, sit down and, you know, eat lunch with that person, mm-hmm. right? Proclaiming the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And, and telling them that, hey, I don't have a whole lot to say to you today, uh, but I just want you to know that that Jesus loves you. Yeah. Um, and just leaving it at that. And yeah. just like, I mean, imagine if, I mean, if I, if I was, you know, I, I wish somebody would have come up and told me when I was a freshman in college. Yeah. Because it would have saved me a whole lot of distancing myself from the Lord, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If I'm, if I'm sitting at my cafeteria, and somebody comes up and says, hey, Pat, I just want to let you know that Jesus loves you. I would have been like, what? Right? And initially, that's what, and I probably would have pushed it off. Yeah. Right? But I, I have the mind that, like, I ruminate. Right? So I would have come back to my house and been like, why did he tell me that? You know? And maybe that's not the normal reaction. Maybe. But I think it is, though. You know? I think, I think there is something to be said for we have such little faith in God 
have mm-hmm. such little faith in the power of the name of Jesus. Mm. And we think that we have to eloquently and expertly convey the gospel like mm-hmm. St. Paul, like St. Peter, so that these people will be won over by our by our charming personalities and how deep our prayer lives are. And it's just a bunch of garbage. It's garbage. It's That's just, exactly right. just utter garbage. And I think you're onto something. It's like like what we did today, you know, when we went to Target. My, I took my team mm-hmm. to Target today. And we didn't preach the gospel explicitly, although that is important. Pope Paul VI makes it makes it very clear in Evangelii yes. Nunciandi that we must have explicit vocal proclamation of the gospel. And there's time for you that. With your great memory. I know. I've got it sitting right there. I just I was just looking at it earlier. Um, Good. But what we did is we went to people and we saw them in the aisles and we said, hey, do you have a minute? We just want to pray for you. Is there anything that you need prayers for? We had a woman start crying just right in front of us because somebody had come to her and said, what do you need prayers for? Yes. And we were able to pray with her. And that, I have no idea what that's going to do in her life. No clue. But it, but it's already done something. It's already done something. And I mean, she encountered mm-hmm. the person of Jesus mm-hmm. through you. Right. In, and I didn't yeah. say anything. All I did was ask her a question and then pray, like a short little, like, Jesus, please help this woman and also mm-hmm. her family. Like, I wasn't, pre- I, wasn't, it was nothing, I wasn't speaking in tongues. I wasn't doing anything crazy. <laughs> like, I think this is true in all aspects of life, right? We're talking about um, even things all the way up to, you know, contraceptive mindset. Like, how much do we trust God in our family lives? How much do we trust mm-hmm. God? Like, do we believe that God is abundant and wants to give life all the time? And so we're willing to go out and say things that are going to get rejected? Because the gospel is very simple. Jesus loves you and he died for you. And he wants to be in relationship with you. And if we can tell that to somebody, just like you're saying, like that, that could hit them in a way. Because a lot of these students on the, on the college campus especially, they go through their whole day, nobody talks to them. Exactly. Nobody, oh my gosh. nobody looks at them in the eye and says, hey. Nobody says their name. Says That's their not name. maybe their teacher. Right. Right? I, there was a – so my first-year teammate, Nicole. Um, shout out. She's from – shout out, Nicole. She's from Moose Lake, Minnesota. Mm. Right? Um, so she says duck, duck, gray duck instead of duck, duck, goose. I'm going to put her on blast here for a second. Yeah. Um, but she told me a story. She went on a mission trip to Haiti. Um, and – she, uh, it was like a medical mission trip, um, but her job was to just pray with people, yeah. right? And she didn't speak Haitian, right? It's like a Creole kind of, she doesn't speak Haitian, right? So she's just praying in English, right? And there was a man that came up with a bandage on his face, right? And he was like kind of crouched down. And she crouched down, held his hand, and just prayed with him, mm-hmm. right? I'm sure similar to what you said, like, Jesus, please help this man. Come into this man's life, right? And he immediately started weeping, mm-hmm. Right? And again, spirit's moving, right? Spirit does some crazy things, right? And, you know, she was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, right? Moves on to the next person to pray with him. Well, she comes and finds out that nobody had touched that man in mm. two years. Oh my gosh. Right? He had some sort of like skin abnormality where his family had disowned him, right? And like refused to like even talk to him. And just like that, right? That something small as the woman who touched Jesus' cloak, mm-hmm. right? Radically changed somebody's life. Yeah. And as you said, we need to be able to proclaim the gospel, yeah. right? We have to. We have to be able to share our testimony, what Jesus has done in our life. But 
damn it, we don't have to do anything really. Yeah, I was I was talking to my teammate about this, and I th- I think you'll like this. I don't know, maybe I like it. So who knows? I'm I'll sure I'll like it if you like it. All right, cool. Uh, do you know why Amazon is the most successful company in the history of the world? I have a guess. Tell me. Because their logo is a smile. Okay, that's it, baby. That's the podcast. As long as you smile oh, that's on people. It. No. Oh gosh, I really thought that was it. No, you're so close okay. though. Okay. Um, it's because when they started out, think of all the things they do now, right? Mm-hmm. You, they, you got the the Alexa in your home, the Echo Dot in your home, streaming service, Prime Video, a shipping company. Amazon also has web services where they host other companies' uh, websites on their. They sell that. They sell their logistic services to other people so that they can sell their products through their logistic services. You've got um, uh, there's another arm of it that I'm probably forgetting, but they they're, they've got their foot in so many different doors. Mm-hmm. If you had tried to start a business like that, of like I want to be an in-home product that's like a radio slash voice woman and then also i want to start a streaming service and then also i want to ship things to people and then also i want to you know have a web service people would be they would laugh you out the door they'd be like you can't start a company that is so many different things it's not possible and and i and i don't think that it would it's possible right you know because even i think it you know at the part at the heart of when amazon started it was only doing it was selling books exactly yeah the reason that amazon is the most successful is because they were really good at the one thing Right, they were so good at selling books, and they were so good at selling books that that led them to be able to do all these other things. Some would say they kept the main thing, the main thing. Exactly. Yes. And we're thinking about this, right? We're thinking about the charisma. Okay, this is Mm -hmm. effectively what we're talking about right now: is the charisma, the initial proclamation of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, whether you're a, a missionary with focus or spo or life teen or you work for a parish yep. or you're just a regular old lay person who has a job who cares about the church mm-hmm. we don't have to do everything we just have to do one thing really really well and i think we're even scared to do that one thing and that one thing is well, we you have to are. you have to meet people you have to share the gospel with them and that's it right that's, it. that's that's mm-hmm. the whole thing, you know? And obviously there's steps after that. Obviously they're going to want follow-up. Obviously they're going to continue to want to be your friend, you know? And it's going to be different for everybody, but I think we get so wrapped up in, oh, I got to lead this Bible study. I got to listen to all these podcasts. I got to make sure that I go to mass. I got to make sure that I go to the young adult group. I got to make sure that I host this thing and do this thing and make sure. And it's like, and then you stand next to a person and you're so wrapped up in all the stuff that you have to do on your phone. You're sending all these emails, you're texting people and you're, you have your headphones in. And you forget there's a person next to you who has no clue that's that they're that they that they have the capacity to be loved yes yes that's what oh my gosh yes 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 okay i i gave a talk um to the catholic like national catholic coaches association a couple weeks ago um and it was just like 10 minutes um and the guy that runs it was like hey what do you want to talk about like give me a title for your talk mm-hmm. right and I was like, okay, like, what is everybody else talking about, right? Because I, I don't want right. to, you know, be be totally in the bleachers, right? I want to at least be on the same field. Um, so there was like, you know, my old chaplain from Troy gave a, you know, um, pretty much like a, a homily on the gospel for the next Sunday's mass. There was a, where is it in the Bible, like an apologetics thing, and then it was, hey, yeah, um, like your faith story, right? So what do you want to talk about? And I said, well, I want to talk about the truth of the Eucharist. So that's what I said, Great. and I did talk about that. Yeah. 
But then like, I would say halfway through like preparing what I was going to say, mm-hmm. I was like, this doesn't matter. I mean, it matters. It, matters. it does matter. It matters. It matters. It matters. Yeah. it matters a lot. But without the capa- like the capacity in the to understand, you know, what knowing Jesus is, right? To know, right? As Adam knew Eve, mm-hmm. right? It does. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, like if 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 the goal of my life, right, isn't to become the most intimate with the person of Jesus as I can, right? Then if, if that's missing. Right then, this is just like drinking out of a fire hose. Yeah, you know, and we're gonna drown. It's not gonna go. We will drown. Yeah, and we're not gonna get any water. No, and we're it's it's gonna be a it's we're gonna look really silly, (laughs) really silly. Yes, and this is the this is kind of one of the problems that I see bringing it back to some old crunch standards. Is like this is a problem that I see with like the Catholic content wheel, with the just the whole social media enterprise as it stands. It's like we feel like we have to have our fingers in so many different pies. You know, mm-hmm. I got to know what's going on with Pope Francis. I got to know what's going on in American politics. I got to go know what's going on in the, in the American church. I also have to know what's going on in my local parish, my local diocese, and not to mention, you know, the, the 50,000 other things that are going on with all of the secular people. Right. I got to keep up with Dave Rubin and Joe Rogan and Ben Shapiro. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's, and I have to do all these things because I have to be an informed Catholic and I have to know what's going on. And, it's just crap because we spend we're so sucked in by this electronic entertainment distraction economy that there's no there's no time and there's no there's no energy left when you're when you're on a plane or you're in line at the store to turn to the person next to you and say hello. Mhm. Yes. Yeah, I That's my, all I want. My, my head coach at Boston College used to be like you can't have just this feed me mentality, mm-hmm. right? Which I think, and I'm guilty of it too, right? I'm a content junkie, right? Like I, I hear about one thing, especially within the faith that like I'm interested in, and I just like head first straight into it, sure. which is not inherently bad. No. But if it gets to the point where I'm, and it, it gets to this point sometimes where I'm on an airplane and I'm listening to something and I turn off my music, but I keep my AirPods in mm. because I don't want anybody to have a conversation with me. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. Right. That's not, that's not me fulfilling my obligations as a Christian in, and really my obligation to Jesus, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, I, you're challenging me, which is good. Yes. Um, but you're exactly right. The rest is, I mean, it's, it's, it's not inherently garbage, but no, compared to the charisma of the gospel, yeah. it is. Cause the, Yeah. If there's no charisma, there's no nothing. There's there's nothing like the New Testament doesn't exist without the charisma. No, Jesus Jesus came, and the first thing he started talking about was the coming of the kingdom of God, right? And this is what mm-hmm. that means. You know, these are the beatitudes, and these are all these things. But I, I'm here to bring the kingdom of God to earth to live to dwell within you, right? Not just to be a place that you go, but like the kingdom of God is to is here to dwell within your hearts and. I am going to dwell in your hearts. I'm Jesus. Here I am, you know? Mm-hmm. And then St. Paul going to all these churches around all everywhere, everywhere he goes, he says, Jesus came and he came and he brought the kingdom of God and it can dwell within you. And, and it's just insane that we think that like, we need to, we need to be super experts at anything. Like else, it, like you know? it matters the structure of my prayer at the end of Bible study. Yeah. Like, I mean, grace, 
Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. Like I, I put the same limits on Jesus that I put on myself. Oh yeah. I'm like, and I, I was reading um, my homeboy Jacques Philippe today. The absolute dog. Yes. So f- side story about Jacques Philippe. Um, he came to Kentucky to speak, and um, nobody knew that he didn't speak English. <laughs> so <laughs> he spoke fully in French, and he did have a translator, which was fine. That's good. But it was it was funny. Um, but it's Interior Freedom by Jacques Philippe. Highly recommend it. But it's just like, okay, one, my limitations disqualify me, and I'm forever set in my ways, right? Because I associate, well, oh, God is, you know, Jesus is fully human, and I forget the fact that, no, he's also fully God, mm-hmm. right? So my limitations in the, in the face, standing in front of the face of Jesus does not matter. This is why it's so important. This is the last thing. Last thing I'll say. Then we got. Then we got to cut it off because because then we have Doctor Ethan's dating corner with special with guest special guest Emma Slominski, which I know everybody's so excited about. The most special of guests. Yes, it's going to be incredible. This is why it's so important to give everything to Mary. Mm. That's what the homily was about today in Mass. Was it really? Yeah, because today's the feast of the uh, Basilica of Mary Major. It's true. The oldest mm-hmm. church dedicated to Mary in the Western yep, Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love that. My grandma sent me a text today. This is, this is funny. She goes, okay. hi, Ethan. Hope you are doing well. I hope you are safe. Today is the feast day of St. Mary Major in Rome. Your grandpa and I had the opportunity to visit it. Thought you might be interested. Love you. Oh, isn't that sweet? That is so sweet. Um, that's why we have to give everything to Mary. And because uh, there's there's so many ways to like say this, but because God gave himself totally and completely to Mary, he gave everything to Mary. That's that's like how the gospel was able to be even preached in the first place, you know? Absolutely. And so yes. it's like there was the ground zero of the gospel was in Mary's womb. Mm-hmm. And so if we think that we can go out, you know, and, and proclaim this message without giving everything to the woman that God gave everything to, then, then we're, it's, it's a non-starter, you know? And I think begging Mary for help to, to preach the kerygma is, is, a, is just a surefire way because we're talking about the spirit movement, right? I'm reading True Devotion to Mary right now. St. Louis de Montfort? St. Louis de Montfort, the homie. He's a dog. I know. <laughs> he talks about how the spirit more actively brings Christ into souls and brings souls to Christ when he finds Mary in the hearts of those souls. You know, and if we want the kerygma to be preached, we need the Holy Spirit. If we want the kerygma to penetrate people's hearts, we need to go to Mary first because she was the first person who truly understood the kerygma. Yeah. And, and I mean, brought the incarnation to the world. Exactly. And I know it's really like that seems to contradict what you're saying of like, oh, it's just this one thing. And like also this other thing is like, but I, I the more I read it, like but it's, Mary is so indispensable to the message of the gospel. That's, ex- that's exactly right. And, yes. And we can't, we cannot think that we can do this on our own. And it's like, if God gave everything to her, why should we not give everything to her? You know? And yes. And yeah. yes. And I know, I know we're wrapping it up yes. here. No, that's fine, um, that's fine, that's fine. Okay. Okay. So speaking of Mary, right? So, like fiat, right? You know, when I got to focus, I saw all these shirts with fiat on. I'm like, okay, this is a little hokey. Uh-huh. Okay, it's just one word, sick, right? 
But, okay, when you read the Gospels, you understand, mm, has importance, right? So the importance of, yes, the fiat that Mary yeah, gave to the angel Gabriel, right? Yes. But also, um, at the wedding, so this is something, this is a new, something that, that uh, somebody explained to me, right? I don't know if this is church, official church teaching, Here we go. right? But at, um, at the wedding at Cana, right? When Jesus looks and says, woman, what, of what concern of, like, is this to me, right? And, and Mary just says, hey, do, do whatever he tells you. And that is her, because that's the start of his public ministry, right? So, you know, as, um, at, the, as, at the presentation, when, it's, when, uh, when he says, you know, you're, you're too, like, your heart too shall pierce, right? So, you know, your heart's going to be pierced too, right? That, yes, was as important, right, as the original fiat, as also at the foot of the cross, right, that full gift, right, that, uh, of, of, yeah, of Mary giving Jesus, right? And yes, dude, we have so much to freaking learn from her, um, the handmaid of the Lord, like be a done, just the Angelus. If you pray the Angelus every day, Ethan, mm-hmm. I mean, just, it's just like, and I get, I get jazzed about this, oh, yeah. right? I'm jazzed, right? But just the Angelus, like, gosh, be it done unto me according to thy word, right? Great. That's it. That's all I need to know. Be done unto me according to thy word. That's all I got. We could we could go for so long on all of this oh, stuff. I know. But we we gotta we gotta wrap it up. Uh, I know. Do you have any any closing thoughts before we transition into Doctor Ethan's dating corner with my girlfriend Emma Slominski? Closing thoughts. Um, not really. Okay. Um, no, I. Uh, Ethan, when you go on your honeymoon, I'll host again with Patrick. Okay, that would be um, so funny. If if our if our listeners aren't way down this week, I know. Um, how do you come up with a name for the podcast? I usually just pick the thing that I think is the funniest every single week. Okay, okay. Um, or if Patrick and I name, so he records his end, I record my end. If we name the file the same thing, I always put it as that, no matter what. That's awesome. Because sometimes we put it as the same thing, and sometimes we do it is different. So I gotta listen back and find something funny to name yeah. it. But well. Yeah, just thank you so much for letting me come on. I really, really it. Thank you for coming on. This is a great conversation. Uh, A lot of things that I have to think about in implementing the mission with my team on my campus. Hopefully, this inspires some folks. So you're you're a great friend, great man. I'm glad to have you on. Praise God for you, Ethan. Praise God. Praise God for Patrick Nevy getting married to allow this to happen. In the crunch. In the crunch. That's, that's, uh, hey, where can they find us, Ethan? Oh, is that now? That's, I, that'll do, that'll be later. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. You can say whatever you want. You want to plug anything? Yeah, I just want to plug, um, patreon.com slash the crunch. Um, I want my hoodie. It's coming. Okay. (laughs) Fall weather is quick. Today was 70 degrees in Columbus. The merch is coming. That's like getting close. Okay. That's all I got. I got to check the store. All right. Uh, right. I'll, I'll talk to you guys in the next segment. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
How sweaty are you right now? Me? Mm-hmm. Zero compared to you. Okay, chill out. <laughs> you sweat all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is not a roast podcast. Welcome to Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner with Dr. Ethan and the Emma Slominski. Say hi to the people, Emma. Hey, everyone. Wow, you're a natural. <laughs> um, it's been a long road to get to where we are today. We are sitting in my house with a straddling kind of a, a bookshelf. Why? Why? Because Ethan doesn't have two mic stands, so we're using a slingshot for the other <laughs> microphone, and it won't stand up straight. So we're having to support it with a bookshelf. I don't have w- one mic stand. Like I don't have. You don't any use at a all. mic stand when you record. Well, it's for my other. I don't use this microphone normally to record the podcast because uh, gotcha. I have one came with the other one. But anyway, so we're we're kind of uncomfortable, uh, reclining, relaxing. Uh, but we're here to to share some hopefully enlightening information with the people we had some questions i put on our patreon page uh patreon.com slash the crunch uh if anybody had any questions for me and emma and a couple people did so we're gonna answer them it's gonna be short quick really fun really easy emma are you ready i think so do you have good advice for folks i cannot guarantee that i can guarantee it sorry in advance everyone no don't apologize there's there's a reason i'm a nurse and not not a podcaster. There's a reason that we're still dating, and it's because of your great relationship advice to me every single week. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this first one comes from an anonymous person, and I don't know if they want me to say their name. Well, it's it's a man because it talks about women. So uh, here it goes. As a young Catholic man, are you paying attention? Almost. Okay, here we go. As a young Catholic man, I often hear that I should be, quote, pursuing women, unquote, intentionally. I have heard this from the, quote, great, unquote, chastity speakers, as well as women in my life. I was wondering how to authentically pursue a woman virtuously without coming off like a chad who isn't (laughs) respecting women's boundaries. What does it actually mean to pursue? I think we need to unpack what a chad is first. (laughs) I feel like this is a dox on everyone named chad. It's not a dox. (laughs) Do you know, like, the difference, like, there's this meme that came out a long time ago where it was, it had, like, a poorly drawn, like, strong guy and then a poorly drawn, like, nerd guy. And then the strong guy was called a Chad and then the other guy was called a virgin. And so there was this, like, meme that went on where the Chads, like, they would make this joke of, like, Chads doing stuff like going to mass and then virgins doing stuff like partying, you know? Like, people just say the Chad is the thing that's good and then virgin is the thing that's bad or lesser. And so... Chad eventually came like this thing of like bro dudes who wear tank tops and like will walk up to girls in the bar and they wear snapbacks backwards and they're like, hey, you know, like they'll try to date girls that already have boyfriends, you know, just like not great dudes that you want to be around. But they go to mass. (laughs) I'm confused. (laughs) I explained that poorly. Like the meme was like Chad, Chad is the good thing and virgin is the bad thing. But gotcha. the but the word Chad kind of just means something bad. Any guy who's kind of sucks, okay. and so it's like so people kind of adopted the Chad meme and made it their own thing, and now it has a life of its own. But in general, if somebody says, "Oh, that guy's a Chad," it means they think he's kind of a d bag. Oh boy, that's kind of the connotation. Okay, so glad <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> glad we cleared that. <laughs> so. Uh, how do you authentically pursue a woman virtuously without coming off like a Chad who isn't respecting women's boundaries? What does it actually mean to pursue? Do you have any initial thoughts? I want to hear 
how you've pursued me. Your oh, thoughts on gosh. how you've pursued me. First. <laughs> That's a, so much pressure that you just <laughs> threw back. You just hit me with that Uno reverse card. That's no fair. Um, okay. Well, uh, at the beginning, I didn't pursue you great. A lot of texting, a lot of flirting, a lot of non-committal uh, winky it. faces. Dating fast. Uh, <laughs> we'll get talking. In, let's get into that at the end of the, the segment. <laughs> okay. Um, but once I kind of figured that out and didn't do that anymore, I here's how I pursued you. So I I talked to you like a little bit. This is like September, October. And then we started talking more and more often. And then I realized how much I liked you. And I knew that I wanted to go on a date with you even though we were in different cities. And so I was like, well, I can't keep talking to this girl and FaceTiming this girl every single day if I'm not going to ask her out on a date. And so I asked you out on a date, and you said yes. And then we went on a date. <laughs> like, And then uh, kind of after that, I kept pursuing you because you had a lot of stuff going on in your life, and you were unsure about whether or not you wanted to date more. And I just prayed a lot for you. And then I, I told you when I thought you were being silly. And then I asked you out again. And I asked you to date me. And then you said yes. And so I think it was like a combination of, I definitely didn't do it virtuously the whole time. But for that stretch, there was a lot of prayer. And there was a lot of wanting the best for you and wanting your holiness above just wanting to have a cool girlfriend. Um does that answer? Does that is that sync up with what your experience was? <laughs> <laughs> a little. A little? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> One of the best things that you ever said to me before we were dating, we'd already gone on our first date, but mm -hmm. it was like in the interim when things were kind of weird. Yeah. I moved home unexpectedly. Didn't really know what I wanted. Maybe we should tell do. how we started dating at the beginning of the pod. No, I think we should save it. Okay. Leave some suspense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um... Yeah, we talked on the phone one time, and you said, I I want you to be a saint more than I want you to be my girlfriend. And if that means us not talking and continuing to go our separate ways, then, then that's what we'll do because your holiness and my holiness are the most important things. And that was a game changer um, because I knew from that point on that yeah, you desired my holiness and my sanctification above everything. And that, I think, is what drove our relationship, or at least the start of it. Like, it kind of... It's faded now. Now we don't desire yeah. holiness as much. <laughs> Seven months. It's been <laughs> a long time. <laughs> no, but I think that kind of opened the door for you to be bold and, mm -hmm. and call me out and be like, hey, you really need to discern this better <laughs> and things like that. But I was able to receive it well because I knew that you had... You wanted the best for me. Mm -hmm. so Yeah, and I think that speaks to a real truth as far as how to pursue women well. It's It should always be, and this is something that Pat and I have talked about on the show before, is like masculinity is fulfilled when the man uh, gets to sacrifice and starts to look outside of himself, right? And if you're always, if you refuse to sacrifice and you're always looking inward, then that's just what a boy is, right? You're not maturing. And so for a man to pursue a woman virtuously, it means are you thinking about her first 
even even before you start dating, and not in like a weird way of like, oh, I'm always thinking about this girl, and we've not been on very many dates, but like, do you desire her holiness? Do you desire her the best thing for her? And if you do, when you go up to this woman, and maybe you're friends, or maybe you want to be friends, and if she rejects your friendship, great, because you desire the best thing for her, right? And you trust that the Lord is working in that. Um, and if you ask her out and she goes, says once she wants to go on a date with you, great, because you have already established in your mind and in your heart that you want the best thing for her and you're, you've prayed about it and you're, and again, this isn't to say like you have to over discern and like pray for a super long time because correct me if I'm wrong, women would prefer men to just ask them out rather than just sit on their hands. In most situations. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like if there's, if it's leading up to it and they're just not doing it and then they're just flirting, then it's like, well, what's going on here? Yeah, then you, I mean, I think this is where we struggled for the first well, uh, year, bit of our, year and a half. <laughs> our friendship because <laughs> you were on a dating fast. And so it was like, we couldn't actually make that commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we started talking again last year and we just were FaceTiming every day, mm-hmm. you get to a point where you're like, well, what, what is this and where is it going? And you need someone to define it. And that is the man's role at least yeah. in initiating the right. relationship. And so being able to step up and say, these are my intentions. This is what I want. Asking a girl on a date. And then, yeah, if you have your best interest in mind, being okay with the rejection, mm-hmm. which does not mean it'll be easy. Right. Because it sucks. It does for the, suck. For the girl too. Yeah. If when you're rejected. But knowing that you have the girl's best interest in mind, I think is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't stop either uh, when you start dating because you have to keep pursuing the woman and keep pursuing holiness or else you're just going to be, it's going to be stagnant. And then disagreements are going to not resolve themselves as well as they could or you're not going to be able to grow um, because you're not, you're not pursuing her, right? You You have her and then you stopped like, it's over now, you know, like there's no more need to sacrifice. There's no more need to look outward because I did the thing and it's, it's just not true because it's never, not until, not until your wife dies and is in heaven is your job done, you know, uh, which is terrifying because that's, that's your whole life. Uh, and like, that's the mindset that you have to approach. Even when you're asking women on the first date, not in a, I'm going to marry you and I'm going to get you to heaven kind of way, but in a, this is what it means to be a man. And I'm okay with rejection and I'm also okay with you accepting a date with me. Like you have to, you have to trust in the Lord a lot, I think. Um, and so this is sum up is like the virtuous man when you're pursuing a woman, you don't expect anything because it's not about you. I think just like friendships in general too. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're really building a relationship with any other human being. It's, it's not about you. It's about bringing them closer to the Lord. And so if you have that mindset going into a relationship with a girl with mm-hmm. a woman then a it's gonna be disordered from the beginning mm-hmm. just like it would be wrong if you walked up to a random person and were self-seeking while trying to share the gospel mm-hmm. it's just disordered i think a good way to end this question what was the worst way you've ever been pursued oh no <laughs> this, is, this is like you know what not to do for the fellas out there okay. i think the biggest thing is a lack of commitment there you go um which 
can happen at any point in the relationship. It can happen from the very beginning, even though you're like, oh, I really like this girl and I want to take her out. Mm-hmm. It can be completely, completely self-seeking and just the lack of desire to define what you want from the relationship. Or I've had issues with men not wanting to have even, not even difficult conversations, but uh, what are, like, what is this conversation, which mm-hmm. is the very start of a relationship. Right. And so just being very clear from the beginning and also initiating a lot of those conversations. It's good for the woman to be willing to start those conversations. It's very important for both people to be open, but the man is supposed to lead. And if he, if he shies away from that, then the woman's also going to be afraid to have those conversations, which is just starting the relationship off on a bad foot. I agree. What was I going to say? I have something really funny to say. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you, are we an item? <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> uh, okay. Great. Thank you, anonymous uh, question asker. This one, this next one comes from Bill. Uh, yo, I got a Q. Thanks, Bill. This is great. I love this. Oh, man. The Ethan tr- burps more than anyone I've ever met in my life. came up quick. Bill says, I'm in this young adult scene. In a si- he didn't say young adult. He said YA, which could also mean, uh, it makes me think of young adult fiction. I guess it still means young adult. <laughs> anyway, I'm in this YA scene in a city around 50,000. And the dating scene is absolutely horrible. But unlike every community I have been in, it seems like it is bad on the women's side of things. Here Yikes. we go. Not that guys are blameless, of course. With many women just not being open to getting to know guys. In the past, I have been able to better influence things by talking to my boys but I don't have strong relationships with the ladies here and IDK what to do. A recent example would be that my roommate asked this girl out and drove a good distance dis- distance, distance, only to be met with a, quote, I think that we should just be friends, end quote. Parentheses. They aren't friends really in the first place. End, qu- end parentheses. I'm just wondering what a good way to potentially influence this would be. I think. Here we go. I was <laughs> ready. That you should throw a party okay. with all the single women in the whole city. <laughs> what? <laughs> no other dudes invited. <laughs> and then <laughs> you have all the options. <laughs> you don't think that that would be like every girl would really quickly figure out what the common denominator is at the party, you know? I think that they'd go in being, being like, wow, this dude's awesome. And then hopefully he would snag one before they figured out what was actually happening. Right. So you got to work quickly if you do this. Super quick. You gotta invite, first of all, you don't invite a, your roommate. You need to have a big enough house. Don't invite your roommate. And also, you got to make a decision the first 10 minutes because after that, everybody's leaving. And then just be like, great, I'll see you on Tuesday. Please leave now so that she doesn't see all the other women stampeding out of your house once they realize the ruse that the jig is up, you know? That's I think it could, it could work out. I think it's great. Um all right. Thanks, Bill. Great question. Um, Moving on. No, we can't move on. I I think that <laughs> I think that you can't be afraid of driving long distance though, and being willing to go out of your way, even if you're going to be rejected. Oh, absolutely. Just as just to start out, just like, in general. Yeah, because you're not going to know if it's going to work out if you don't go out on a limb. Mm-hmm. You're not entitled to anything. It's like, it's, this sounds like a bad comparison and your roommate would probably be upset if I told him this, but it's like when guys buy girls dinner and then they don't have sex with them and then they get mad. It's like, well, what did I even buy you dinner for? Like, that's basically the same thing, you know, as like, 
oh, well, I, it's like what we talked about before. It's like I sacrificed, but like the whole point of the sacrifice is that you don't expect anything in return or else it wouldn't be a sacrifice. It would be, it would be, it would be an exchange. Selfish endeavor. It would be a point of sale in a target. You know, I give you money, you give me this thing. Like, this is not an economy that we're in where we like trade goods and services. That would be prostitution. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) That escalated so quickly. Well, that's what it is though. You know, even if it is just emotional prostitution, it's the same thing. Like, I did this for you. Now, why don't you give me what I want? And that's pretty harsh on the roommate. And I don't want to repeat an Eliezer uh, moment. But, um, yeah. I do think having the right mentality going in, though, is very yes. important. Everything from the last question. Yeah. But, Emma, why... This is maybe a women uh, thing about women. So, this guy, I don't, I don't know if I agree with the fact that, like... It can't all be wrong with women. Yeah, I think it's hard to say that it's all from the women. Yeah. Um, What's what what would be some causes for women not maybe responding to guys? Like why would they be acting that way? If they have never witnessed good holy men loving them as brothers in Christ, then they're not going to be open to dating men that may be great holy men mm-hmm. because they don't know they don't know that that even exists. And so they're probably scared of opening up to these guys who haven't even shown them that they love them as a brother. See, I wouldn't have said that. That's why I'm glad you're on the pod on the freaking cast. Uh, so for this guy and his roommate, they basically just need to like be friends with women. Right. Yeah. But not in a, not in like a, I got to make all these friends so type that I can away. Date one of them. Yeah. So it's like, you just actually like modeling have, yeah, authentic friendship, mm-hmm. which is, if you've ever been in a good Catholic community in general, which yes. is obviously what you're lacking in the city, you know what it's like to just be around holy people in general. And the the atmosphere is so different because everyone has a common interest. Everyone's striving towards the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so you're just able to trust the people around you a lot more. And from like through that trust... I think women are more willing to go on dates with men because they know that they're not going to just betray them or Mm -hmm. ditch them, ghost them. (laughs) Rip. Uh, I think what's interesting is in the first like line of this question, right? The dating scene is absolutely horrible. Um, I think that's just like a bad way because if the dating scene is horrible, that means that the friendship scene is horrible, Mm -hmm. which means that like the holiness scene is horrible. You know, like we can't treat a symptom like you, I mean, can we can treat a symptom, but it's not going to fix the, problem. the root cause. And so I think what you got to do, Bill, you and your roommate, get a couple of other friends, some women so too, certainly, but maybe not at the beginning and just start, maybe you already do this and maybe this is, you know, Ethan, you're an idiot, but like go to daily mass, start praying regularly with a group of young adults, start going and serving the poor together, start living the, the holy life, living a spiritual life and it's very attractive. It is. Not not just to people of the opposite sex, but just to everyone. in general. Yeah. yeah. So if it's only men, like building that brotherhood mm-hmm. and growing that community, women are naturally going to be attracted to that community. Right. Even if it's not in a way, even if it's not because they want to date you initially, but mm-hmm. beauty is attractive. Holiness is attractive. And through that, like the Lord will give you more confidence that, marriage is your vocation and hopefully through that you'll have more trust that he will bring your spouse to you when it's time and 
yeah, it sucks when you're trying to actively, you know, like, yeah, you can't sit on your hands and you need to ask women out. And like, that's, I'm all for that. But at the same time, if, if nobody around you, or you're like, if you can't find anybody, like that's not necessarily your fault. And like, you need to put that in the hands of the Lord and live as holy as you can. Well, also like, yeah, you shouldn't ignore women at that point. You're like, well, none of them are any good, you know, but having an open mind and just building community as best you can. Um, Cause if you don't do it, who is going to do it? Like if everybody's sitting there being like, oh man, there's no one to date then of course there's going to be no one to date. Also, community is important no matter what stage of life you're in. Yes. And so if you don't have that as a single adult, then you're probably struggle going to struggle to find that as a married adult. Absolutely. And so building that now is a very, very important first step. The habits that you make before you get married are the habits that you'll keep after you get married. Crazy thing, huh? Who would have thought? Um, I think that's good for Bill. Last question. Are you ready for this one? I don't know. Uh, hello, not to be nosy, but I would like to know how y'all started dating. And the same for Patrick and Phoebe, but we they're, we're, they're busy on their honeymoon doing I don't know what. Um, hiking. Hiking, probably. They're doing a lot of hiking. They actually did go hiking. I they, saw a picture. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is from Eliza Metz. Thank you, Eliza. Uh, a great uh, patron patreon.com slash the crimes is where we get all these questions from if you want to submit a question for dr ethan's dating corner you can too also be on patreon.com slash the crunch and give us money anywhere from five to a hundred dollars a month even more than that whatever you have we'll take uh i have a part-time job ethan needs a saw so i need a circular saw to be to build a workbench to build other things it's a it's tough i don't have a drill i could use some clamps I mean, anything that you guys can do to help would be great. Um, so, Emma, I would love to hear your perspective. Because we talked a little bit about it. I got to share more of my perspective, at least on the middle part. How did we start dating? Because you, you were you were in the picture before I was. You knew <laughs> before I was even there. I knew who Ethan was. Before I knew who she because was. Of, because of this podcast. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. It's and now you're on it. Yeah. And we're dating. I saw <laughs> Ethan dance on stage at SLS 2018, which I didn't know it was him. And then like a week later started listening to the podcast because I was looking for new podcasts. And so I knew of him. I don't even know when it was. I added him on Facebook at some point because I was like, wow, he seems cool. That was in like, like August summer. August of 2018, like right before I moved to campus. To, to campus or Kansas? Campus. campus. <laughs> Tulsa. Tulsa. Um, you added, let's just be clear. She added me on Facebook. But. There's no but. He then followed me on Instagram. It popped and, up as recommended. What do you want me to and do? And DM'd me while on his dating Okay. Cast. All right. All right. All right. So. All right. <laughs> I don't recommend going that route. No. It obviously worked out for us, but it yeah. was very rocky. This is one of those like... Don't do what we did. Yeah. Have you heard uh -huh. Matt Fred and Cameron Fred's story of how they started dating? No. They did net ministries together in Ireland, and you're not supposed to like date your teammates or whatever, and they were like going to leave, or it was like the end of their time together, and uh, or like they were on a break, and they were going to come back or something. All of their other teammates had gone. And they were definitely in a time where they were not supposed to be dating. And they went to a bar together and they started making out at the bar. Oh, no. <laughs> and then they tell that story and they're like, obviously, this is not how everybody should do it. But 
you know, the Lord works through all of our mistakes. And so, which is great. Huge props to God for that. But I did, I did look at Emma's story every time she posted one. And I was waiting for one that was like not very weird that I could reply to. I mean, all of them it was, were weird. It was definitely still a little weird. Still a little but weird. But I was excited. But you were like all in though. Don't be like, oh, it was weird. You were all for it. Um, so yeah. So to be clear, I don't, I don't suggest DMing anybody while you're on a dating fest. I also don't suggest having Instagram on your phone ever. Yeah, it's dangerous. It's not a good application to keep on your phone. Um, Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. I'll send you that book. You should listen to it. Have you finished it? Yeah. I can. I think if I send it to you on Audible, you get it for free. Oh, dang. I know. Could be good. Anyway. Uh, and so then we started talking. I got her phone number, obviously. And we talked a lot. Like, we texted a lot. We didn't really talk on the phone that much. Uh, but we The te- first week that we had, m- quote, unquote, met each other, became friends, Ethan was like, can I call you? <laughs> You make it sound so weird. Like in context, it was good, but it was, it, it was good after the fact. At first, I was like, yeah. "Oh gosh." Yeah. But uh, we texted a lot, and my thoughts were constantly preoccupied with Emma Slominski. Uh, and then it was just like weird, just like a weird energy, because like we both knew that it was bad, and like we talked about how it was bad, but then we kept like doing it, and then we met at Seek Twenty Nineteen. And we were hanging out and like our friends would come up and then be like, who's this? And I'd be like, this is my friend. It was so awkward. It was just so <laughs> weird. Like that's the it why. It was bad. Yes. Obviously don't do it because it's probably like imprudent, but also it's freaking awkward to like be with somebody who you're not supposed to be with, you know? Well, we could have been together as friends, but we both knew that we liked each other more than friends. So it was weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then like two days later. We talked on the phone. We were both were like, yeah, we shouldn't talk until the end of your dating fast. And yeah. so I assumed. So then this is where the story picks up for you. That Ethan was going to just go to training, be off his dating fast, meet a girl, and I would never hear from him again. Which happened all the way until like July. Yeah. Like end I, of July. I dated a girl for like two months briefly in the summer. Um, and then, yeah, you thought I wasn't, you were never going to hear from me again. And then I broke up with this girl, and I was like, man, I should call Emma. <laughs> At the time, <laughs> he li- were you you were in Kansas, huh? Because it was summer? Yeah. Or in Florida? I don't remember. I wasn't. You was were after, far away. It was after Florida. It was I like the beginning of August. moved to Michigan from Arizona, so we were, comp- we were very far apart. Yeah. But we started talking again, mm-hmm. texting all the time, FaceTiming. Pretty much every day. Yeah. It was more... The FaceTiming every day started in like late September, early October. But up until that, it was like... At least that's how I remember it. Like we texted a lot. Yeah. And then we were talking a lot. And then in October, I heard I knew that you were coming for Carly's engagement, the wedding that we just went to yesterday. So exciting. Which is amazing. Please pray for Carly and Blake Bostic. Uh, wonderful people. But I knew that you were coming in town for the engagement and so and it was in Stillwater and I was like you should just fly into Tulsa even though it costs more <laughs> and uh go on a date with me and then you were like yeah I would want to do that they played it super cool I was so nervous why because we we went on our first date and then my best friend got engaged and then I interviewed for my dream job and I had liked what, you for like a year and a half what could possibly be stressful about that <laughs> it sounds like a just a regular week for me uh-huh uh-huh uh and then and then I asked you on another date, 
They said yes initially. But this was prior. What do you want to say? No, you go ahead. This was prior to three rounds of interviews for my dream job and me moving home from Michigan unexpectedly like two days later. So there's a lot happening in her life. And she calls me back up. She's like, hey, you know, I don't think that we should go on this next date. And I was like really confused because we had a great time. Like our first date was so fun. It was really good. I loved our first date. Two of our really good friends crashed it because they had to pick me up from Tulsa and it was a blast. Yeah. And it was just great. And I really, it just felt good. There was a lot of good energy coming off of that first date. You know, you were cute. You had those ripped jeans. Wow. What a time. Uh, and so I was just really confused and like I misinterpreted what you said and then I didn't really know what I wanted. You didn't really know what you wanted at all. And so it was just like this weird time where like I was kind of sad and then you were also sad, but like we weren't really talking to each other and we didn't really talk again until like, like I texted you on your birthday uh, and on Thanksgiving because I was home. Which were like two days apart. Yeah. Because I wanted to text you, but I felt bad about it. And then we didn't really talk until December. Yeah, what Clayton and Megan's wedding, huh? No, it was a little a bit little before, before that. that. Mm-hmm. We talked. That's when we talked that's, on the phone, though. Yes. And you and said I told you I wanted you to be a saint. More than you wanted more me than to be I a girlfriend, yes. and I was like, "Oh shoot!" Um, I also had a beard then, which freaked you out. Yeah, because we didn't we didn't talk for a month, and it was no shave November, so I grew up my beard. And he'd never had facial hair before. <laughs> He's always looked like a baby. Okay. <laughs> I was shocked. You were shocked in like a good way. You were like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I really like Who is it. this man that I... His family was like, you should shave it. And I was like, no, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, and then it was SLS 20, basically. And we were, we talked a lot more kind of leading up to SLS this past year. And but still kind of weird. Like we didn't know. Yeah, we... I didn't know, but we, neither of us, we both were like, we'll what talk are about we the, doing? You say a little bit about like the discernment thing, because I think that's important too. What do you mean? What do you Like how well, I told you to discern better. You didn't tell me that until the day we started dating. Really? I think when I was so in I'm Kansas. Pretty, I'm pretty sure. Well, maybe we can cut this out, but I thought it was like. I, because we had talked on the phone before SLS 20 and you were talking about like how like scared you were about everything being like changing. And I told you like, you can't decide things based off of fear. Like you have to, where peace is, is where the Lord is, you know, and where love is, is where the Lord is. It sounds like you're deciding not to date me, not out of peace, but out of fear. Which was true. That one hundred percent. Yeah, I and mean, that was, that was and like, that was before SLS. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the same conversation that you that you told me that you wanted me to be a saint. Probably. I was sitting so in, a lot the, of things in the Walmart parking lot. Yeah. Waiting to return an Instapot for my mom's Christmas <laughs> present, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Now I need to pray about this a lot more. Mm-hmm. And then you went to SLS. Um, and I chose not to go mostly because I knew Ethan was going to be there and busy and we weren't dating. And I was like, this is going to be bad because I don't really know what, mm-hmm. not that it'd be bad, but I wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. And so I spent the whole week pretty much, I spent a ton of time in the chapel, got to go to mass every day, mm-hmm. went to confession, um, mostly because you were busy and usually we talked a lot. Mm-hmm. We were talking a lot and there's was a lot of peace in that time 
and I knew before the end of the week that I wanted to start dating you. Mm -hmm. And so one night you were like, what if I drive to Omaha? It was New Year's Eve. To Tulsa. It was after New Year's Eve. Side note, I almost paid $600 to fly to Phoenix for one night. Mostly because I have friends there, and I was like, I can get a place to stay. Not mostly because you had friends there. Mostly because... <laughs> mostly because Ethan Stevie was there, there and I wanted to There see it is. Also, you were recording the podcast live, and I wanted to be there right. to see you in person and yeah, support you. Which was dope. Because I wanted to date you. Right. <laughs> but... And then, like, that night, your friends gave me a hug, and they're like, this is from Emma, and I was like, what the heck? Like, this woman <laughs> is sending me hugs via friend mail, and... Like we need to we need a date. And so I texted you that night and I was like, Listen, I know it's kinda crazy and I know we said that we were gonna wait and like pray about stuff, but I think I should come visit you before I go back to campus and you were like, Actually I was gonna come and visit you and You didn't know it. I yet, had no idea but I had been wanting to at least that day, but I think that the day prior a lot to where you decide you're gonna do something and then I try to do Yeah, the last thing. week I was gonna surprise him when he flew back <laughs> from Patrick's wedding. I had one night off of work in a stretch of six and I was like, perfect. I'll drive to Tulsa, surprise him at the airport. He thinks his teammates are picking him up. And then I was FaceTiming him the night before and he was like, I'm coming to Norman. I'm driving all the way there. And You're I was making like, me no, sound so angry. I was like, okay. I really wanted, very, to I wanted to see you. You were super insistent though. Otherwise I would have been like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. But you're like, no, I'm doing it. Like I'm driving to Norman. And so I told you. Sometimes you say like, oh, you don't have to because you don't want to inconvenience me. And I didn't know if it was like, no, it's not like, it's not a problem. Like, I want to see you, <laughs> you know, but it was all because you had a plan. We had such a good plan. The girls were going to. It was, I, would, I had no dinner. idea. Yeah. I had no clue. Anyways, back to the story. But uh, the same thing happened that night because. Yes. I wanted to drive to and Kansas so, City. So you came right after I got back from Phoenix after SLS. And then we went on a date and we got barbecue. And then after we got barbecue, we were in the car. I had French fries on my breath. And I said, listen. I think we should be boyfriend and girlfriend. And you were like, okay. <laughs> I was pretty easily convinced. <laughs> yeah, it didn't take much. It wasn't super romantic either. It was literally in like the Oklahoma Joe's parking lot. In your car? In my car. But we both kind of knew it was coming. Like, yeah, that's and I didn't want to wait. Down there. You know? yeah. like, I didn't want to take so long to do it. And then we had fun. What did we do the rest of the day? Did we just get barbecue? We went, no, because we went to mass. Yeah. We prayed a holy hour, went to mass. Yeah. Got lunch, which I was so nervous. I didn't even You didn't really eat, eat anything. <laughs> yeah. And then we went and walked around the downtown. Oh, like yeah, yeah we went to Crown Center. That's right. Yeah. It was good. It was good. And then we were long distance. And now we've been dating for seven months. We could do a whole other podcast talking about our relationship since we started dating, probably. It's changed a lot. It really has. Yesterday was seven months. Whoop, whoop. So that's that's the story. Now everybody knows. Um, those are all the questions for Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner. It's a bit of a longer edition of Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner, but we have to fill more time to make up for the fact that my co-host is gone because Patrick brings twice the content in half the time. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to say to the people before we sign it off? Any last thoughts? You're on the podcast. This might be one of the last times you're ever on. Nothing? I got nothing. You sure? Not even a, like a plug? Ethan wants me to plug patreon.com slash the coach. Emma, that's so, I didn't even have to prompt you. That was uh -huh. so good. Uh, Follow me on Instagram. I never check it anymore. Emma <laughs> underscore slum. Uh, don't follow me on Instagram. I don't need that kind of distraction in my life. 
Yes, patreon.com slash the crunch. You can check us out. I'm probably going to drop and add in this week's episode for Hallow. Make sure that you check out the Hallow app, the great Catholic meditation app. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to earlier in the episode when I put the ad in. And you can listen to it again if you forgot. Uh, and if I didn't forget, this is the ad. It's a terrible ad. <laughs> They're going to fire you. I know. It's all when Patrick's not here, I fall apart. That's that's all I have. That's all I got. Emma, do you have anything else for the people? I don't. Thank you don't have any like little one-liners, you know? Patrick always has like a one-liner. Patrick's funnier than me. You're pretty funny. Not I can't do it on demand. Okay, let's try again. Emma, do you have anything else for the people? Thank you all for listening. Please pray for <laughs> us and we will be praying for you and we will see you all next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.